Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this week's Attacking Scrum podcast. Coming up on this episode, we'll be looking back at more Welsh derbies. We've had another weekend of those and certainly no shortage of tries to look back on as well. Uh, we'll also have a, uh, a chat with our sponsor, Scott Otten um, of So Coffee Trades and of course the Ospreys Hooker. Uh, we'll have a chat with him coming up later on. As usual, we'll also be um, having a chat about the things that are annoying us about Welsh rugby in our feature sin bin. And we'll finish by wrapping up with any other business, which is all the other news and views from around the world of Welsh rugby. Dan Killick with me once again. How are you doing, Dan? Very well, Jed. Fighting fit. Fighting fit, is that right? You... Uh, New Year's diet going all right? Yeah, I'm on the soups and um, <laughs> and uh, I've been running a bit actually. I did watch you eat a chicken curry for lunch though, so I mean. Yeah, Saturdays, Saturdays, uh, cheat Sundays, day, is it? Whatever, cheat day. whatever I want. Yeah, um, but no, feeling good, feeling feeling uh, right up for it. Good, all right. And um, the other thing I forgot to plug right now is we've got uh, this is one of two episodes this week. So we've got a second episode, uh, which we'll be publishing on Wednesday, which is a special interview with Ed Jackson, the former London Welsh Wasps and, of course, Dragons number eight. Uh, and you'll no doubt be familiar with his uh, with his story and the accident that he suffered last year and the uh, uh, really uh, serious spinal injury that, that he suffered and his recovery. So we caught up with Ed um, earlier on today actually and we'll be releasing that one later in the week and it is a fascinating listen just to just to hear from him so uh yeah a big um a big thank you to everyone who helped uh, who helped to set that up and uh one make not sure, to miss yeah one not to miss so make sure uh, yeah if you're if you're tired of listening to me and dan waffle on make sure you have a listen to that one later on later on in the week for uh for yeah really interesting story but we start um this episode as always by looking at Five statements and deciding whether they are fact or fiction. So, 
Where should we begin with this one, Dan? Um, why don't you throw a team at me and I'll give you the give you the statement. Which one of the teams do you want to start with? Let's go with the Scarlets. You go with the Scarlets. All right, then. Start with this one. The Scarlets pack is now actually more important than their backline is. Fact or fiction? Fact for me. Fact there. I think the pack is massively um, underrated, actually, because without without what they're doing, you know, the backs the backs can't do what they uh, what they're renowned for doing, are they? And I think they've you know throughout last season they they started to really sort of harden up and um, and outplay teams, but mm. this season they've really stepped it up, and they've got some really good depth now as well. They're able to rest players, and they don't seem to be any weaker when they're doing that. Well, there's been a lot of injuries as well. So you look at, you know, obviously Cubby was out for a long time, and he's back now. You've had Tyburn filling in in the back row, and during that point, they seem to have coped, you know, coped really well, quite well. Yeah, yeah. And but I think they've been able to actually rest as well. So you know, they've actually been able to make those decisions at times, and um, they've got a lot of cover. You know, a lot of cover in good in good positions. But the pack is really impressive. I think they're scaring teams, they're bullying sides, and um, you know they've got a they've got a, a really good platform, haven't they? And the reason we put this in fact or fiction is because I think if you typically were to ask us what you think of when you talk about the Scarlets, you'd look at that back line and the way that they play, you know, really high tempo rugby and the offloads and the, the sensational tries and things like that, of which there was no bloody shortage on Friday night. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's all built off a a foundation of a really mean, mean yeah. pack. You ask ten people, probably nine would say, running rugby, throwing the ball around the park, which which they do, don't they? Mm. So it's a good. I think it's a good point there, which you've uh, which you've raised. Well, actually, I, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it yet. Oh, hang on. Uh, so I mean, I think it's one of those. I think you're right. I think the key to Scarlet's success has been the depth that they've been able to build within the pack. You mentioned it already, but the the players they've been able to bring in, I think particularly in the back row, actually, you know, in the front row as well, you know, someone like Wynne Jones just yeah. seems to improve and improve and improve. Yeah, so actually when you've when you've had the internationals away and he's himself has become an international now, there just seems to be this huge amount of talent that they're able to bring through and bring up to that level, which is the crucial thing. Because there's been no you know, if you look at that game on Friday night, there's been no shortage of Dragons players who've come into the lineup. But this year is really about finding out which one of those are, are up to the task. Dragons need to find those gems around the region that are going to be do the job for them that their equivalents yeah. in West Wales have done. And this, this, the Scarlets have brought in players, haven't they? That they haven't. It almost seems like they've had a, a seamless transition into into the sort of you know the high level of rugby. There doesn't seem to have been um, like a period they've needed to get up to that level, which. It's got to be a combination of things, isn't it? It's got to go down to the, the, the coaches, the actual like man management of them mm. as well, and then the other players around them, obviously, which is a big influence, isn't it? Because if you've got a youngster that's coming in, or someone that may not be young, but they haven't had, they haven't exposed to that level of rugby, <clears throat> when you're in and around other quality players, your little errors aren't so evident um, because they've got a, a stronger squad, haven't they? But it, it seems that whoever they bring in, they seem to get up to the standard a lot quicker than certainly, um, you know, the Dragons then and, and the Blues um, and, the, and the Ospreys. Do you think then that's in part down to the fact that those players feel 
like they're they're proper members of the squad. You know that they're right in the heart of it. They're going to get an opportunity. They're not just kind of you know bought in in an emergency. They feel a full part of that team at all times. Yeah, it does seem they've got a, a, a like a really tight setup, doesn't it? And um, there's a good a good feeling there. But I think you can't underestimate the fact that they've got a number of really good players mm. around them that have got excellent skill sets and they each know what they're going to do. So, you know, when you've got lesser quality players, then other other the other higher quality players have to do jobs that really they they shouldn't have to do. So they're doing more than they need to, mm. which then draws them out of their position and it, it starts to it starts to sort of tumble down from there. Um whereas when you want to when you're concentrating on one your one job, you're able to you're able to it's a lot easier, isn't it? You're not so not so thinly stretched. Yeah, I mean I suppose the the reason I would be tempted to say that this isn't um I I think it I think it is a fact actually, because I do I but generally that's just because I think every team you can't afford to to get by with a with a substandard pack, you know that's it's that old rugby cliche that the forwards decide who wins the game and the backs decide by how much. So, yeah, but I just they've got their pack is it's it's it kind of feels a little bit odd saying they're un, they're underestimated because everyone knows they've got a good pack, but the fact that they can you know they're they're all passing the ball, so they've they've developed as well, haven't they? The coaches have looked at them and gone, okay, we're gonna we're gonna now make you a better a better passer of the ball, and that's gone from. That's gone from front row to second row yeah. to, to back row. We know the back row boys can throw it around, but somebody like Shingler, for instance, who wasn't renowned for for offloading, mm. is is offloading. He's giving little little pop passes. He's drawing in players. James Davis is always going to do it. Always has done. But they've worked on all these things. Yet they're still a hard a hard nosed uh, pack that fronts up. Um, so I I just think the pack's getting better and better. Yeah, I, no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. I, and you talk about kind of. People underestimating the Scarlets pack. I don't think anyone in that Dragons lineup will have underestimated the Scarlets pack either before or after that game because you know there's no doubt in that they're mean, and that really was a case of of men against boys in that game. I think that probably leads us on to the to the next statement. Um, quite yeah, quite seamlessly really. So always for me, always Dan. You're getting very good at it. Getting very good at it. Right, I'm going to say then for this one. Bernard Jackman was wrong to bring off his two props after 25 minutes. Fact or fiction? Um, it was a difficult one for him because the the ref knew the ref. He could cl- he clearly mm. knew who was on it was on top. So you know they could have they could have well could well have lost the whole of their front row, couldn't they? Um, because of the domination. So I'll go with. Um, I'll go with fiction on it then. Yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't matter who you've got in the front row. It's all about what's in the second row. And there's not enough weight there. There's not enough weight coming through. And the Dragons have got to look at signing a big lump of a second row, a scrummaging second row that's going to help out whoever's in the front row. Because you could have the best front row there. If you haven't got a bind behind, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. Plus then you bring in the back row. Again, it's lightweight, and you know any prop, whether it be a scrummaging prop or not, they're gonna need they're gonna need a strong uh, a strong prop up behind, and it's not there. No, I, I don't think it is there. It, uh, it certainly seemed that way on Friday night, and I think actually across both of those games this weekend, you've seen the importance of 
of the front five, and I think really that was that was a key part in in the Ospreys' win over Cardiff Blues, and that was certainly a massive. You know, it certainly wasn't the only thing, but that was a massive part that gave the Scarlets uh, you know so much front football. Um, Would you say then that for the Dragons, they've got to get a second rule? I think it's. I think it has to be top of the list. Yeah. That is the area that needs improving I mean, the most look, across the squad. You know, I think. I the scrum looks tighter, doesn't it? When they when Lamman Lamman's an altogether bigger man. I think Lamman. I think Lamman. Def- yeah, and that that was a, you know, it's difficult to say because we're not in amongst the the players day in day out, and you don't know what kind of condition someone's in. Maybe Lamman only adds, you know, twenty twenty five minutes in his in his locker, yeah, yeah. and you know you've got to to measure these to measure these things, and you know we're we're probably we're certainly not as as close to be able to do that. But I do feel like second row is the area where they they're going to need so much more depth. And you're right when, when the scrum has gone better at certain points this season. You know, actually, I think I think Lloyd Fairbrother has been a a crucial um, a crucial part in that. He's stepped in and done a really good job, particularly with uh, Leon Brown injured. I think you know, obviously Brock Harris being injured has made a massive difference. But yeah, that's the that's the thing. Is it's just the front five is going to be so so crucial. Yeah, and the pack, the pack has gone. The pack has gone well, hasn't it? At points this year, um, but in the in the big games, you just need, you know, you look at you look at uh, you know the Ospreys, and now you, you know Alan Wynne Jones and, mm. and Bradley in there. That's a that's a really formidable second row partnership, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, especially now you know they're both in form. We've said before, they're Bradley both, Davis is. You well, know, Bradley's fit now, isn't he? Yeah, you know, and um, it's very very timely isn't but it that, for Wales as well. that is yeah it is but that's exactly what the Dragons need is they need an engine room like that and I'm sure that's top of the shopping list um, but to go back to that particular incident yeah it, you know, it must be a tactical thing to purely go right I've got to avoid the yellow cards here because it's hard to imagine the scoreline being much worse than it was but it could have been I think um, those, those changes are made the, prop, the props that um you know the props that came on, um, you know Tom Davis and Lloyd Fairbrother. Did they make any difference? Not, not to a noticeable, not to a noticeable standard. You know, first scrum they came on again. We got, we got munched again. So it, it's a big call, isn't it? Twenty-five minutes. If they're under then the same pressure, mm. which it appeared like they, you know, it was similar then, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. And the, and the thing is, is it doesn't necessarily back you out of that potential sin billing anyway because you could get done for repeated penalties you know like I suppose I suppose it's them there the flip side is what message what message does it send to to those two you know to those two individuals that's the that's the the main point is you know what does that say to to Nicky Thomas uh, what does that say to Luke Garrett if you're being hauled off after 25 minutes I can't imagine that's going to do a massive amount for the confidence yeah no it can't do and Nicky you know, Nicky Thomas in particular is known for being a scrummager, isn't well, that, he? Yeah, he's, not, that's he's, not, it. he's not known for getting around the park. No, and that's the that's the that's the worrying bit. Is you know if you bought in, is he on the soups? Is he on the soups? Nicky? No, I, I don't think so. And if I wouldn't want him to either, uh, you know, I want him on your vegan salads. You know, <laughs> that's what you, you're the one who knows all about scrummaging, Dan. So look, yeah, was it was it right or wrong? I suppose ultimately, I think it was right to bring them off. Um, but ultimately, I think it's symptomatic of the problems that we've got. Is that our squad is threadbare? We've got bucket loads of injuries. 
but the place where we need the most improvement is the front five. And until we can sort that, if we don't sort that next season, the exciting signings, you know, the the Moriarty's and the Jordan Williams and the Roger Williams are going to still be feeding off scraps. That front five is is an area where we we have to have more depth. Yeah, I bet it will. It's it'll happen. Then you're saying before before next season, it has to happen. Yeah, it, it will happen, though, won't it? Will it? I don't know. You know, I don't know. It's well, there's yeah. I mean, it's you look at second rows. You know, there's they're going to command big money, aren't they? But then you know the dragons have have got that, haven't they? The disposal. Well, they've um, you know they they certainly have more. They've still got to be clever with their money. You know, they can't afford to yeah. go. Every to go splashing out. I, I, I can see them. They're going to have to make a signing there. Though. I mean, you look at Corey. You know, he's 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 a good player, isn't he? He's honest. He makes a huge amount of tackles. He carries well. Yeah, he's cle- he's a clever. But Corey's player. your athletic but second row, isn't he? Rather he's than yeah, yeah, he's your athletic one rather than who gets around the park more. Yeah. And so they've got to have someone that's joining up with him. You've got to have a real utter bastard in yeah. there for me. That's what that's what's the real required. Hard, man. hard as nails. And yeah, mainly is going to give you a huge amount of grunt. You'd like an old school second. Yeah, old school I would. second. There's not yeah. afraid to send one through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plant one on him. The ref's not looking. That's yeah. what I'm after. Yeah. Um, that's what Jackman wants as well. I think. Well, you know, it's all right. Fine. You can't get away with planting one on people anymore. But yeah. it's just that that real fight. I want to see a, a second row who people do not want to play against. And um, and yeah, that's. That's going to be something that's going to benefit us in ball carrying. It's going to benefit us in the um, yeah, defending line outs and driving malls. And it, most importantly, is going to benefit us in the scrummaging. Yeah, heartbeat of the side. All right, so I don't know whether I answered that or not. I, I think I think ultimately he was right. I don't I know what I've right. answered on that. But, uh, we've, we've both, we've said, answered we've, it. We've both said uh, fiction on that. Right, where do you want to head to next? So that still leaves us with uh, Cardiff Blues and the Ospreys. Let's go to the Ospreys. All right then, how about this one? So good weekend for the Ospreys, obviously um, a win there, but it was mighty close towards the end. And I think, you know, we've already alluded to it, the front five made a big difference there, but arguably the the biggest difference was man of the match, Dan Bigger, and his halfback partner, Reese Webb, who was uh, in free flow, free try scoring mode. And they were both leaving. Well, that's the point. So yeah, I would say then, Without Bigger and Webb, Ospreys won't be able to compete next season, fact or fiction. As it stands at the moment, you'd say fact. Because they're just so important, aren't they? When those when those two play well, the Ospreys tend to go well. Mm. Um, and just nine and ten are just such key positions, aren't they? They're right. You know, you've got to get those two those two right. Um, I think that the the ten shirt is going to be is going to be the one. Um, it, I don't quite know what they. I don't quite know what they're going to do. Are they? They're going to. I mean, Sam. You know, Sam Davis. They obviously the Ospreys obviously favour you know favour bigger mm. when uh, if it's a straight shootout between the between the two. And you can't argue with it, really, can you? I mean, he was no. so impressive on the Lions trip. Um, I think he's Wales' best ten, hands down. He, he he's con- he's a, he's consistent. He always plays well. He seems to have come on. His game seems to have he seems to have quickened up almost. Um, you know that little dink over the top today was lovely, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he knew exactly where Webb was on his inside. He did. Yeah, they they know each other inside out, don't they? And that's what you want from your nine and ten. You need to almost know without. It needs to be instinctive, doesn't it? And those two have got that. Um, so it's going to be an enormous enormous loss, and you know all the players will know that as well, won't they? 
before before it comes. Um, you know, who, Sam. You know, Sam Davis has played well at times, hasn't he? This this season as well. It's a different type of player altogether. But they're going to need a controlling. They're going to need a controlling ten. Well, this is it. Is I would say that at the moment, it's it's a fact they won't be able they won't be able to compete without them. And I was then going to say that you know it's going to depend a lot on recruitment, but. I'm not 100% sure that there's going to be any more recruitment. I don't think there will be, no. Alan Davis has come in, uh, or will be, will be joining as a, as a nine. Haverfield's already there. And then at 10, you've got Sam Davis there. You know, potentially you're going to see more of Hook at 10. Um, I, don't think, I don't think we will see. I don't think we'll see Hook at 10, no. It'll be the, the, the youngster when it'll, it'll step up. Um, it's just going to be. It's just going to be a different look, isn't it? It's, they're going to have to play a different way. They're going to have to go with go with more width, which is why they absolutely need to make signings on the on the wing. Um, you know, for me, we've said it a few times. They need to be looking at uh, Josh Adams. They need to be getting him in. They need a flyer. Um, you know, he's not only quick as he? he's he's you know he's, he's a powerful boy mm. as well um, because. Big is such a different player to Sam Davis, isn't he? Yeah. And, and then if we look at the centres, then as well, they've got to get that right. They haven't got it right, have they, at the moment? Um, is Scott Williams going to be the going to be the man to to sort that out? I think he hasn't been that impressive this season. No, I don't think um, he has. You know, you've said that a few times. And he's and he's been you know he was dropped from the Wales side. Obviously, he's found yeah. himself back in it. But he you know, could could go into the Ospreys sort you know sort that out. We know that Sam Davis plays flat. He's going to feed him some lovely. Some lovely flat balls, isn't he? And he's a big man. Well, it, this this is the potential other other scenario we have here. Is are we looking at a scenario where we're going to see a different Ospreys next year? We will. We'll, we're going to have to. They're going to have to play differently, aren't they? The pack needs to keep doing what they're doing and really fronting up and bullying bullying sides. And then um, the Ospreys. Hopefully, they'll be they'll be quick behind and move, moving you know moving teams around. Um, it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be that way. Um, you know, will Sam Davis team up with Hook, the ten, and then and then Scott, Scott being outside? Question marks over that. But again, they're going to have to. I think Hook's expect- really. Strong. We said this last week. I think Hook's really struggled since coming back. He has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are they going to do they experiment with that this year, or do they just wait until you know wait until next? Year? I think uh, I think you've got to really. You know, they're going to they're going to be hard pressed to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, there might you, 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 there's still a lot of rugby to be played, but I think there might come a point this season where they where they look at performance then and team and, and development, yeah, and team as, opposed development to, yeah. as opposed to out and out wins. You know, it's going to be a bloody hard task to get out of the European pool. They still they're still in with a chance of doing that, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there might be a point where you you actually have to start having a look at experimenting for for next season. And because you can't do it on the training paddock, can you? You know, it's you a can, different scenario. You can run through moves and, every, and and people look great in certain positions, but they're going to have to try that out, aren't they? Um, and then at, at nine as well, because there's no good having you know Webb who's passing to, to to Sam, and then the rest of the back line is the same. They, they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to look at. You know, look at play. I know Alex coming in; he's not going to be there, is yeah. he? Yet, but they're going but to. But you can try. Haberfield's going to play a fair amount of rugby next Haberfield's year. Haberfield's going to be involved, isn't he? You know, Alex picks up an injury. Naturally, they'll start with with Alex. He's going to be the number one, isn't he? But Haberfield, whenever he plays, plays well. But his service isn't 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 as strong. So, yeah. um, they've got a fair bit to do there, haven't they? It's going to be they're in a conundrum, aren't they? Are they do they do they play the tight game? 
the con- you know have the control in ten web sniping um, and look to pick up some wins now, mm. which Tandy's under pressure, so it's going to be a really difficult one. He's probably at home thinking, shit, what do we do here? Yeah. Um, and you know, if he if he starts losing games from experimenting, the pressure keeps building on him, and he's going to have to be super strong to say, I'm going to take all that pressure because we're looking for next, we're looking towards next year. It's tough, isn't it? Really tough. It is. All right, then let's let's wrap up on this one. So just to bring it back to the statement, without Bigger and Webb, Ospreys won't be able to compete next season. Fact or fiction? Fact. Currently. I want to say fiction. I want to say fiction just because they're going to have to. And they're going to have to play completely differently. But right now, then. But, you know, yeah, I know. But can it, No, of course not. If you were to take them out right now, they couldn't. And I just think that... They haven't, did they? No, they haven't. Yeah. yeah. And someone is going to have to Someone's going to have to step up. I want to say fiction, but at the moment it feels like fact, doesn't it? It's got to be, yeah. We can't look into the future yet. All right, so we've got two more, two more to go, um, and we'll be doing that just after this short break. Right then, Dan, two to go. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got a Cardiff Blues-related one, or we've got the wild card. Which one do you want to go for? Let's go with the wild card. We'll go with the wild card. All right, so actually this, <laughs> in a week where yet again Donald Trump is making uh, headlines for his, uh, yeah, his relentless... Um, use of Twitter. Uh, this is a bit of genius that uh, we've been chatting to, to Harry, who's a, a friend of the friend of the pod and a big Scarlet's fan. And he came up with this brilliant line that Andy Powell is the Donald Trump of Welsh rugby. <laughs> right? So fact or fiction, what are we, uh, what are we saying for that one? Uh, I mean, you've seen, you've, I'll give you some examples of some of the, the stuff that he's, uh, he seems to have been a bit quiet on there this week, actually. So I don't know, maybe... Uh, Shandy's Maybe Powley's laying off the laying off the couple of session ales. He's on. That's it. The yeah. Cider. That's it. Maybe he's uh, he's jumped off the Stellar Express for uh, for uh, for a New Year's resolution. But pick out some of his uh, some of his gems from uh, from within the autumn internationals. So this was uh, this was Powley back in November saying that guy Navidi should have been capped years ago. Better better than Warburton. Let's see what happens when he's back fit, and then. Uh, Another amazing one, which uh, he felt the need to <laughs> to have a pop with the, the Welsh coaches. And Andy Powell for forwards coach McBride is a shit. Uh, sorry, McBride is shit. He's a bum. He listens to too. He listens to too many people. Controlled. I'm the future. He got a lot of backing for that, didn't he? It did, yeah. <laughs> but that's it. So you know, yeah. what, what do we make of this analogy that he's the he's the Donald uh, the Donald Trump of Welsh? Yeah, rugby? I'm going to go along with Harry on that and say <laughs> fact just for the hell of it. <laughs> I think yeah, it's got to be based on um, based on reckless use of Twitter rather than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, leaving uh, completely leaving politics uh, politics aside from it, um, but yeah, it's never never fails to never fails to amuse when uh, when he drops one of those. He's definitely um, he's definitely a character, isn't he? Are you expecting a few more of them during the Six Nations? Oh, he'll be yeah, he'll be he'll be constantly flying them around, won't he? Um, it's good. It's good, isn't it? I mean, he's. Um, I think we all keep a little eye on his account. To bring it back to a more serious point, because um, obviously in, a, in an age where we kind of criticise players for just giving us media sound bites and stuff like that, is it good to see stuff like that? As someone who's actually, you know, he's not just throwing out safe, cliched stuff. He's going actually. Do you know what? I'm going to chuck this out there, whether it's after a beer or not. Someone who's not afraid to speak his mind. It certainly makes it a bit more interesting, doesn't it? Because we're able to talk about it now. 
Um, yeah, just everyone comes out with the same lines, don't they? I mean, you know, on the interviews as well with the you know with the coaches, you, you know, how many times do you hear the word like you know accuracy? Mm. And we went um, well in training. Yeah, we um, you know we need to we need to cut down on our error count. It's so you know what's going to be said before they've even you know imagine you imagine putting Andy pa- you know you, you certainly wouldn't be hearing those words um, it just keeps you just want things to be a little bit fresh don't you yeah even even if it's utter nonsense yeah um, I think that's what we want to, we want to hear things that are off the wall left field as well as the straight down the line stuff and he is you know he's left field isn't he? there's no denying that um, yeah look I just think it's a um He's not really, you know, those kind of tweets that we've read out there. He's not, he's not hurting anyone with that. It's, you know, it's generally opinion. I wouldn't agree with. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't agree with no, the bit of Warburton, Warburton. But actually, do you know what? I think it makes the world a bit of a, yeah, a, a bit more exciting if. Uh, and you if know he's what? chucking some views out there. You know what? It's it. It's basically Navidi's playing, you know, fantastically well. And yeah. He's just gone, you know, a little bit over the top with. But do you know what I see in that as well? I see Powell rather than being a rather than being a you know, trying to carve out some kind of media career, he's actually going, he's watching those games as a fan and going, yeah, go on, I love Navi. It's the kind of stuff you'd hear on the terrace, you know, and that's the, I think that's the thing that I quite like about it. That's the thing that I, you know, even if it's, even if it's nonsense, I quite like the fact that it's just him as a fan watching rugby, enjoying it and just getting a real thrill off watching Josh Navidi, you know. Yeah, but how, how good would it be, right? How, honestly, think of this now. If he was on the panel um, commentating on the Six Nations alongside Gusket, I tell you what, you tune in for that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would. Just because, yeah, he'd be getting probably, you know, he'd be coming out with all sorts of things. Probably names would be wrong on those things, but the counter that would be coming through to Gusket, it would just be, it'd be golden, wouldn't it? They'd never do it, but oh, you know, let can we see that, please? Yeah. I just think there's a bit, yeah, there's room in um, there's room in media somewhere for a bit more. A bit more fun and a bit more less stuffy analysis, and I don't know. I just yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, we we did a um, one of our very first podcasts, wasn't it? it? Was just about kind of how punditry's gone really quite stale. I think particularly you know particularly in Wales, it's just become a bit a lot of oh, it's, a lot of it's depressed um, commentary as well, isn't it? It's like it's always it's always down on on, yeah. on certain things, and you just want to. You know, there's enough. There's enough things going on in the world. You just want that little bit of lift or a little bit of fun. And someone like Andy Powell, um, you know, <laughs> would, it doesn't have to be him, but someone just to lift things. And uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I don't think I don't think as much as it'd be interesting to see him on a, on a panel next to Gusket and Inverdale and uh, and the rest of them. I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily sure that's the right place, but oh, no, it I just mean, it illustrates it illustrates, throwaway, isn't it, it illustrates a point that yeah. there is room for a bit more a bit more fun, a bit more character than. Then I think we get on a lot of a lot yeah, of the coverage, it's all particularly the BBC's coverage for me. Yeah, yeah. you having a pop at that? Well, I always do. Are you throwing but, it in the sim bin? Do you know what? Oh, no, it's too early for that. I'm going to wait till the Six Nations and John Inverdale and his god awful scarf are going to be uh, are going to be in there and his smug look and his constant oh yeah, come on, can we, let's let's bring this back to England and we right in that sim bin. Yeah, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Put well, a lock on it as well. Yeah, lock on it. Do you know what? Yeah, that's, it'd be it would be less of a sim bit of straight red. Inverdale and his scarfs. Inverdale and his scarfs. Yeah, get out of sight. Right, one to go, Dan. And this relates to this relates to the uh, the Cardiff Blues. If Matthew Morgan keeps playing in this manner and making as many errors as he does, 
Cardiff Blues will have no choice but to drop him. <laughs> Fact or fiction? Fiction. He, he makes errors. He's been making errors continuously since he's been at uh, at the Blues. Yeah, he gets picked. Um, I think in attack he's been he's been quite strong actually. But you cannot make the number of errors that he does, and uh, and continue to be in the side. In my opinion, um, I know you're a big fan of his, and I am as well. He's he's you never quite know what's going to happen. But equally, the amount of uh, the amount of errors, the amount of balls that he gives away, the tackles, you can't, you can't call them that. Can yeah, you? I mean, look, it actually hurts me watching it because I am, you know, I, I love watching those kind of free-flowing players whose first instinct is to attack. And he's so quick and instinctive footballer, right? And I love those players, as we know. And in particular, I've always loved watching Matthew Morgan play rugby and do you know what? I don't think anything will change that if Matthew Morgan is on a team sheet I'm instantly more excited but oh, I mean he is just in those defensive areas are really really woeful and I kind of wonder what what the deal is because you know you said Sean Edwards has been in there helping with with the Blues defence this season there's no way that he's you know the intercept pass that he threw today alright fine you know I think that that does happen from time to time, and yeah, you got it wrong. But it's those flims, those flimsy tackles. You know, in particular going back to the, the some of the games over Christmas. Yeah. I think there's no there's no excuse to them. I know he's a small guy, but you've got to adapt. You well, know, that's what's so frustrating is they're, they're not half of them aren't even attempts, mm. um, and he is small, but he can still go low. So tries would still come about if he's being powered over the line, but it's the it's the, it's the lack of yeah. an attempt. And I think you can forgive it. Like you know, if he's gone round the ankles and got hold of someone, they've offloaded it and they've scored. Fine, he's not going to be able to wrap up a man and ball tackle like some of the other fullbacks there. Like perhaps Reen Williams might be able to. Or um, it's just it's so frustrating to watch because it does look like schoolboy stuff. Mm. And, and he can tackle as well. He's he, this season. There are some examples of him of him making tackles. So he can he can tackle. Mm. You know, but. Uh, you know when he wants to. It just yeah it, I don't know it, I find it so I hate watching it and do you know what? I hate watching the the Twitter onslaught that invariably follows it because I you know I just I am such a big fan of his um, of his attacking ability and they're the kind of players that I want to watch play rugby you know they the ball in hand stuff is is electric at times but yeah. you just can't you can't defend like that no one no position on not the when field not, not the, when it's uh, there's head on so you know head on tackle you 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 know you've got you've got to have a you've got to be able to tackle head on if you know so, on the on the side left or right you know covering those are the yeah. most those are the most difficult but i think when when you're missing head on or even making an attempt there's got to be uh, there's got to be something wrong with with your, your effort levels and you can't just say oh, i don't i'm not a tackler you know i, I that's not my part of the game so it's, got, it's got to change. Were you, were you one of those players who said, I'm not a, I'm not a tackler? I wasn't a tackler or a runner. But, uh, <laughs> what were you, Dan? Just a scrummaging coach? Out and out kicker. Out yeah, and scrum- out kicker. Scrummaging, yeah, scrummaging from a distance. Yeah, but uh, yeah, just someone who liked to, to stand behind. Because you, you, like, you like a bit of aggro, don't you? You love watching the you aggro. You're really having a pop, don't you? No, I'm just, I'm just keen to get to the bottom of it, Dan. I was, I was, I do cruel, like I was cruelly denied the joys of watching Dan Kellick and his pop. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, there's, a bit, there's a few clips on YouTube. Have a look at them. Um, highlight, very good highlights reel, is it? Really good, yeah, really good. A couple of good soundtracks. Um, 
Yeah, no, sadly not. I am going to have a couple of games for the Ockies, I think, this season. And I think you should as well. Get out. Come on. Uh, there's no You're uh, fit for the wedding now. Yeah, I know. I'll get broken for the wedding. I'll get, I'll get absolutely done over. No chance. Sorry, can't happen. Those togs won't be coming out. You know, I bought no. those new boots. Mm. And um, one of the boys, Jay Messi, said, I sent, a, sent him a photo of them. They were looking lovely. Puma Kings, old school, classic boots. He just wrote about, why have you got them? So I'm going to have her and they're still, they're still in the still box. Still in the box, pristine, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, maybe you could take them back. I, no, yeah, it's gone past the 30, 30 days, I think. But um, yeah, no, they will come out. Anyway, I, don't right. know, I don't even know what you asked me at the end. Um, yeah, I can't remember. Are we on Simbin? I, I think, uh, yes. Right, let's move um, Let's move on to Simbin. So coming up later in the uh, in the podcast, we'll be chatting to, uh, to Scott Otten, the Ospreys hooker, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, this is the opportunity for me and Dan to get something off our chest. The thing that's been annoying us the most about uh, this week uh, from within the world of rugby. Um, and I think this week, Dan, we're probably in, what's the word, in unison on this when we say it's the ongoing Welsh injury crisis so more players injured this week in fact we've just finished watching the Ospreys game and Owen Watkins gone off in what looks like a really bad injury yeah. and um, I was praying there isn't going to be any more injuries no no it just seems to be across across the board doesn't it There's, in a number of key positions it's all becoming uh, it's all becoming a bit of a Bit of a headache ahead. Of, you know, we're only four weeks away from Six Nations now. You can't help but think there's going to be there's bound to be a couple more. Bound to be. Yeah, dire straits. It is. Mind. It is dire, dire straits comes to mind. Is there any particular positions that you're that you're most worried about? Yeah, big ones. Number eight. Number eight. Yeah, we haven't got an eight, have we? An out and out eight. Yeah, no, it doesn't feel that way. I mean, look at the options. You know, Moriarty's not going to be fit. Falatau's not certainly not going to be fit for the first game. And they're, you know, they're too comfortable, you know, international or world-class players. They're not going to be in the setup. And then you look around and there's a lot of injuries around the other regions. Baker's James, not going to be there. James King's, King's not out, going to James be there. James King's out, yeah. Um, so you're looking at... Well, you're looking I mean, surely it's Navidi, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be Navidi starting, won't it? But um, what happens if he picks up an injury? Which isn't unthinkable, yeah. Who, Either who, now or during the Six Who Nations. can slot in there then? You know, Seb Davis... Obviously played... Um, Seb Davis is not an international eight. eight. No. no. And, you know, it's, it's very different, isn't it, playing eight against, you know... Against Georgia. Well, I mean, it wasn't a... You know, it was by no means a convincing victory in that game, so... No, but, you know, he's not an eight, is he? But it just shows that we... we you know, we've got, we've got one eight, really. And that's, uh, and that's Toby, isn't it? Yeah. Because Moriarty isn't an eight. I mean, he's, yeah, he's but primarily he did, a six. But, but, he did a, but he did a good job yeah. there. Um, so we he's, he's at least got all the attributes to be an eight and this is where I think Wales have got to hone in on now is we've that we've got to find we've got to find strength in depth in key positions and I think that means you're going to have to look a bit outside the box you know I think you're going to have to look field? at or are you talking about moving players no I'm from... talking about moving I think you know Ross Moriarty yes he's played some rugby at eight but he's primarily a six but he's got all the attributes to be an eight he's a massive ball carrier but equally do the, do, does you know, does Moriarty? You know, do they want to play there? You know, does, does he? Does he want to be? He was born out of necessity, isn't it? Yeah. If, if Ross Moriarty is named when he's fit at eight for Wales, he'll play there. I know he's play. Yeah, I know. Yeah, playing for Wales is you're going, you're going to play wherever your your position, aren't you? But equally in your head as well, you've got to you've got to want to play there, haven't you? And you do. But I think there's a big difference between like you know the difference between playing ten and twelve or ten and fifteen, 
and within within the back row. I think there's all, you've always got to show that a little bit of versatility. Yeah, but for, I know, but for at eight, it's it's a every position is specialist. Don't get me wrong, but eight, it's it's a real. You really got to know what you're doing, haven't you? There's a lot. There's a lot that's going on there. You're controlling. You're controlling that back ball. What's the answer then? I. There, there isn't an answer at the moment, is there? We've, I, I can't quite see who we can change over. Um, you know, we're really scrabbling around, are we? Navidi's not an eight, but he's played there and done all right. Um, and so has, you know, so has Moriarty, as we discussed. We've got, if you if you go through the regions, there's the there's the injury list, isn't there? The Ospreys, the two boys there, but Baker, you know, he he hasn't he hasn't sort of come up come up to the plate, does he? I think if Baker was fit, he'd be in the squad. Be, yeah, just yeah. because out of sheer necessity yeah. the guy I'd, I'd like to have a look at is Will Boyd yeah yeah I mean I don't know whether 8 is his best position necessarily I think he's filled in 6, 7, 8 you know quite quite convincingly um, do, you think, do you see him being in and around the squad? I can see him being in and around the squad my concern is just has he got that at international level has he got that out and out Big ball carrying, crashing over the game line. He's not big. He's not. He's not big enough, is he? I can't. Yeah. See, I can't see who is. I don't see. You know. Um, I, you know, McLeod has impressed me. Yeah. Um, he went very well off the back of the, the back of the scrum, didn't he, for the uh, for the Scarlets last uh, week, yeah. last weekend? But it's totally different, isn't it? Of course it, it is. Um, but then we've got to be talking about these players because there isn't there isn't anyone else. And Falatau. How on earth he hasn't he hasn't had uh, a run of injuries up until this point? I don't know. Yeah. The amount of games he plays, he's 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 got he's injury injury prone now, isn't he? He's got a niggle, and the same with uh, with Moriarty. I'm really concerned about that nerve that nerve damage he's yeah. got. It's not it's not something you can quickly you can quickly change. No. And it could be something that he doesn't get over. It really couldn't. He hasn't played any rugby really, is he? No. Um, and backs are backs are backs. They're they're. They're, tr- yeah, they're tricky things, aren't they? They control everything. So, as in his back. I'm his back, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a real, real point of concern. Any other positions that you're that you're worried about? The back three's gathered a lot of a lot of attention over the over the last kind of week or so. Yeah, I think a wing, you know, wings are uh, are a worry are a worry for us in terms of who. Again, Liam Williams, it doesn't you know doesn't look doesn't as though he's going to be fit. Hallam Amos is, is unlikely to be fit. Uh, you know they're they're two out of the players who started the last um, yeah the last I think Liam started didn't he yeah did he I can't remember well certainly you know yeah. no he didn't sorry he picked no. up an injury uh, during the um, uh, during one of the preceding games so but look he's he's one of those players who'd be in that in that side if he was fit Hallam Amos I think on on form would be in there yeah, which he would really, be on form then you got you know which leaves you, you with Steph Evans who had a torrid you know a torrid time in the you know, in the autumn, leaking, you know, making making loads of mistakes. But you know, every time he plays for the Scarlets, he looks he looks dangerous. I think he's always going to be dangerous in that in those types of plays. So, yeah, the back the back three is a concern, and you've raised it. You know, half penny. You know, it's not a, not a great attacking yeah. threat. Does you know? Does Dan Evans? Is it Dan Evans this time? Is he going to get a shout? He won't get a shout. I'd be very surprised if he did. Yeah. Um, I think there's more chance of if Halfpenny is to move from that fit, he will be he'll be in the starting lineup against Scotland, no doubt. Absolutely, and yeah. The only thing I could potentially see them looking at is a Patchell or Anscombe at fifteen, 
and then having a look at half penny on the wing. Yeah, I'd li- I'd like to see I'd like to see Patchell, Patchell at fifteen, um, half penny on one wing, mm. and um, Josh Adams has got to be has got to just be brought straight in. I think from what he, from what I've seen of him, he's good enough. Sure, Dan. I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to take your take your winner because I have not seen enough of Josh, of Josh Adams to yeah. make a judgment on it. At the moment, he's scoring for fun. He's an out and out finisher. He's got real gas. Um, he's powerful with it as well. And we haven't got. You know, that's exactly what we need, isn't it? We need someone that knows where the line is, um, and is high on confidence. And that's something that if you look at our back three at the moment, the wingers aren't going to be high on confidence. So, yeah, he's got to be there. All right, well, that's the sim bin for this week. Right now, we're going to catch up with, uh, with Scott Otten, who's the, the Osprey Hooker. And as if you've been listening in the last few weeks, you will know that his coffee company, So Coffee Trades, um, are sponsoring our podcast now, which is fantastic. Uh, so I caught up with, uh, with Scott, and here's what he had to say. Right, delighted to say then that Scott Otten joins us on the line now. Morning, Scott, how are you doing? Hi, mate. How's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, as the uh, as the body recovering after yesterday's game? Yeah, it's something to you know, come on towards the end. So, obviously, you didn't uh, yeah, much of a hit out with the rest of the boys. So, it's, uh, yeah, body's not too bad. I can imagine some of the boys are aching a bit more than me. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're going to come on and have a chat about um, a chat about the game yesterday and uh, how your season's gone so far. We'll chat about that in a bit. But first off, obviously, people who've been listening to the pod will um, will know that uh, your company, so Coffee Trades, has been sponsoring us uh, for the last uh, for the last few weeks. So we wanted to have a chat about that first up. Um, first of all, how did you how did you get into it? What kind of uh, spurred you on to uh, to start the business? Well, when I was in uni, I was drinking a lot of coffee, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, so I just thought I've always wanted a little business on the side as well. So when I got injured in February in my MCL. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sort of looked into it really and spoke to a few different people and asked them about the coffee business, the coffee world, and tried to teach myself and educate myself a bit more about it. And spoke to a guy called Phil Ricardo at Argy's Coffee in Brazil. And there was a couple of blends there and we had a chat and all he said to me was, if you can get everything sorted, the company registered, the website, the names, the story behind it all, then we can try and push these blends towards your, your own business. So I did that. Um, and then by March 22nd, the company was registered, and then by May 2017, there was a first sale. So it's been building since then, really. So it's yeah. more of the love of coffee and the, the purpose of it, really, with everything you know, sociable it is, and how people meet up, whether it's a family thing, a work thing, or just meeting meeting one of your friends, you know. So yeah, no, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's it's all happened really quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, it was um, a bit bizarre actually. Within the month of, as I said, the company was registered, and within two or three months, uh, there was the first sale. And I was going to take a year or so, to be honest, and just mm. build it nicely, and obviously build all the foundation, so you could still go from there. Then, but I think people love coffee, and people love trying new coffees. So as, as soon as the word got out, uh, the interest started flowing. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, um, you've, uh, you've been good enough to send us uh, a couple of batches, and uh, yeah, it really is good stuff. Like we say, you know, it's not uh, anyone who does love their coffee should definitely get involved and um, head over to the website and get themselves some. 
with um with the business stuff though do you think it's you know was it was it an important thing to to have something on the side to kind of you know plan for for stuff after rugby yeah i think it's huge personally um so the reason i wanted to go straight to education never so never view it off because it's hard to go back I, I, well i've obviously I've never done it but i can i can assume it's hard to go back um so yeah we're doing a we're doing a little course or doing uni for three years and i know for some people it can be a it can be a lot which it is you know if you're trying to play rugby and play other sports as well as i went to UX, so obviously there's a lot of a lot of people there who, who had a similar similar thought process with you. Yeah. They were really good in their particular sports, whether it was team or, or on their own. But obviously, they wanted an education to come behind them, you know? So um, I think it's massive, especially in rugby. It's near 10-year, 10-year, 12-year career, if you, unless if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, so it's huge to fall back on something, you know, to keep you going. Obviously, if you've got a small family, it's obviously a little bit tougher to do something. So I think at a young age, before you sort of have kids and all that, I think it's perfect and use your time and sort of sacrifice some time really to do to do courses, even if it's one little course that leads you to the next, you know? I think it's I think it's crucial. Yeah, no, absolutely. Is it a hard thing to is it hard to juggle, you know, with uh with being a full time player though as well, you know, is it is it hard to kind of manage your time around that? Uh you well, if you go back to the uni side of things it was. Mm. Um Kind of juggle that, driving back and forth from Cardiff to Swansea, sometimes four times a day. Yeah. That was that was tough, um, but you know we got through it in the end, which is which is you know happy days. And but as as for the coffee side of things, I think it helps me, it helps the rugby because you know sometimes you don't want to go home and think about rugby too much and think about sport. Sometimes it's nice to refresh your mind and think about something else. You know. It's, you can go home and speak to your family, but then that conversation normally turns to rugby. So it's <laughs> nice to have, it's nice to have something on the side of me. It's the, it's the coffee, so it's, it's pretty good, yeah. Awesome. Well, let's turn the conversation to rugby then with that, uh, um, with that line there, because that was uh, that was one hell of a game yesterday uh, against Cardiff Blues, and uh, yeah, just uh, got over the line, but very tight towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit of a sweet fun time, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> um, but no, we you know we got our, we got our five points, and that's that's the main thing, really. Um, yeah, it was a tough game. We had two, we've won two out of three now out of the of the derby, so that's that's good for us. Um, you know, some people say we should have deferred, but we're on. <laughs> but that was just unfortunate. You know, both things happen, you know, last minute and. If you look at last night, we we only won by the point in the end, you know what I mean? So the, yeah. the Blues will probably say they should have won that as well, you know what I mean? So you, you never know what can happen, but yeah, it was, it was a bit tight. I think, uh, as I said as I said to you before, the overthrow at the end put us under a little bit of pressure at the end. So obviously I was expecting the worst, but, you know, like the boys uh, helped out and we, we defended it then to uh, take the win. So, yeah. it's um, Yeah, because I mean, it's been... For you personally, I suppose it's been a bit of an up and down season because you've had uh, you've had your injury injury problems. Um, mm. Enjoying, you know, obviously being being fully fit now and and competing for competing for uh, for game time. But you know, it's a well stocked when it comes to, when it comes to hookers down at the Ospreys. Do you um, do you like kind of that competition, or is it is it kind of is it hard just because there is there is you know Scott Baldwin and um, and Parry? You know, is it is it is it a hard thing to how do you kind of go about dealing with it? Do you just kind of try and push each other on, or? Yeah, uh, we we support each other. Um, I think that's the 
that's the sort of vibe we have at the Ospreys. You know, everyone's got to help each other, and at the end of the day, it is a team game. So, obviously, everyone wants to start. But when it comes to the tr- you know the training week and when selection hasn't been made, we've all got to help each other to make ourselves better, so that it ultimately makes the team better. You know, um, but the comp as for the competition side of things, it's brilliant, um, especially between the hookers. Like we all get on really well. You know, we go for coffee after rugby, and you know, it's it's all happy days. And we're obviously doing. During the training weekend, throughout the season, obviously the, co- the competition is there, and I think competition is healthy and makes you a better player. Um, you know, it's easy to get complacent and um, just to enjoy the ride, but obviously with that in my head, and that competition, it makes you a better player. You know. Yeah, yeah, it does, and obviously it's you know starting to looks as though it's starting to to show across the pitch now as well. Like you say, the results seem to be seem to be going your way in um, in recent weeks. Yeah, we've had a really good little run. Obviously, Europe has been a lot different for us in the league, and we've, you know, we're second in the group now, and obviously we've got a huge game this weekend coming up. Um, so yeah, it's you know a bit last year we had a we had a better run in the league, obviously, but but our Europe our Europe run was really good, and um, it's just it's just trying to work forward. And we've had a couple of good results against Southampton. You know, we lost we lost to the death to the Scarlets and then Dragons and Blues we gotta win there. So obviously for us that was important. Um so the 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 unlock goal for us now is just take week by week and keep doing what we've done over the last couple of weeks and keep our momentum going forward, you know. Awesome. And then just to uh, just to finish, Scott, we're um we're gonna be starting a new feature on uh, on the attacking scrum where we talk about uh, some of the toughest opponents that people have come across, and this was born out of of, of us chatting um, last week about uh, about Matthew Reese because he had a he had a fantastic game against uh, against the Scarlets, and I just said yeah. like he would be one of the players I'd least like to to play against. Are there any are there any players that you come across who you you know is, is you know you're always going to have a handful when you uh, when you come up against them? Um. I won't give you my original answer that I give you. Uh, go on, you can if you want. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no one. There's no one. That's it. I love that. <laughs> no, um, no, it's normally the, the fast ones, you know, the big fast ones that yeah. you come up against, and you know, like a big guy can run straight down your channel, and you know, you you know what's coming. The little guy can go around you, but if you get him in a good position, then you can take him on. But then when it's a big fast guy, then sometimes you go your your work cut out, you know. Um, but no, yeah, as, as you say, from Matthew Reese, from a hooker's point of view, he's a very good scrummager, actually. Yeah. Um, and he's very, he's very well, uh, obviously well known, well knowledged um, scrummager. Um, so yeah, he he can, he can be a a tough guy to play against if if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but if you look at if you look at our team, you got it's, it's more of uh, what the guys that are in your team and how tough training can be for that reason, you know. So if you look at our skipper or a couple of the other boys, you know, tip to push standards. Then yeah. that 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 part of it is tough, you know, because obviously you've got to not let them down and keep up with those standards. So it's a different type of toughness, you know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously, absolutely. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you come up against. It's more not playing well and doing the right things for your team, and then obviously you can take care of the big ones then when you when you're playing. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Scott, it's been great chatting to you, and um, yeah. no doubt we'll catch up later on in the season as well. And uh, yeah, great to learn a bit more, um, 
learn a bit more about uh, about the coffee business. And uh, as we as we always say that if people want to get involved, they can jump onto socoffeetrades.co.uk and uh, and have a look for themselves. But yeah, thanks a lot for joining us, Scott. Thank you, mate. Thank you for the call. Cheers, pal. Big thanks to uh, to Scott Arton for joining us there. And then just to wrap up the show, then Dan. Any other business? This is the bit where we look at uh, the other odds and sods from uh, from around Wales. And the one thing I wanted to concentrate on this week was the news uh, that broke towards the end of this week that the Dragons will be playing um, their game against, uh, I think it's Edinburgh, um, in Ebby Vale next month. Yeah. What do I think of it? I think it's great. You know, you're really keen to get stuck into this one, so go on, fire yeah, away. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. I think that um, it's something that's done in Ireland quite a bit, isn't it? Munster move around. Yeah. There's a reason why they do it. It brings in, you know, makes fans feel a part of, you know, part of the club, part of the region. And um, I'd like to see it being done more, you know, or certainly, I don't think it can, it shouldn't be like a one-off, should it? It needs to be brought in, um, you know, four times, four times a season. Um, I think they need to be clever as well in terms of what day it's on um, and times as well. I think this is the bone of contention for this because actually I'm all, you know, I'm I'm all for um, bringing around. games around the regions where possible. Look, a, you've got to make sure it's financially viable. So you'll make sure it's not as as much as you know, as much as the kind of the corporate fan isn't necessarily the, the easiest thing to cheer on. It's an important part of a club's revenue, right? They need that hospitality stuff um, to make sense, and you know that that's one thing that you've got to uh, that you've got to look at. And yeah, I think the big thing you've said there is the is the timing of it. The fact that this game's on a Friday night and there's no direct train line uh, from from Newport into Ebu is a uh, is a is a difficulty to get around. Yeah, but equally, um, it's better than it not happening, isn't it? Yeah, so I, I do think so. It's, it's, it's certainly um, moving in the right direction. I th- yeah, I do. I do definitely think that. Um, so yeah, I think it would have been better if, um, if they're able to host it on a um, on a Saturday. Potentially, would have been better if there was an opportunity to do a double header as well, which would have been uh, which you know if they could have tied it in with a with a yeah. an principality. Premiership game would have been uh, would have also been nice, but you know these are these are dream scenarios. I think it's a good thing to see. Uh, I think I that's know... the direction that they probably you know the Dragons will be hoping it will go in as well, won't it? With that that double fixture and, and, and or some sort of link up anyway, because that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Um, for all you know, for all fans, then um, then you've got it nicely rounded. Mm. And how good would it be to see this you know being run out with the other regions as well. Yeah, look, I I I'd be keen to see it and we're we're what nearly 15 years into regionalism now and this is the only way that club rugby is going to be sustained in in Wales is if people get behind the regions and I know it's tough, right? I know it sticks in the throat of of people who are bought up on you know the historic clubs and don't be wrong if we could have a sustainable uh, a sustainable future of professional rugby with with 10 12 clubs would i love to see that of course i would i would love to see those amazing welsh derbies every single week of the year but it's just not going to happen and what what i really don't want to see is regions is regions folding so i think it's good that the dragons are looking to embrace you know the the wider the wider gwent region i hope it bloody works more than anything because you know what you know you've been through this right as a having a one season as a celtic warriors fan what happens then? You know, Dan, who would you say which regional side do you support? Yeah, it's not it's 
Yeah, it's not easy, is it? You start looking at, you kind of look at all the regions, I think, and mm. um, it does, it does look at a little bit of where you where you're living at that point. Accessibility has to has to play a big part, doesn't it? Um, you know, the closest closest club to me would probably would be the Blues. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I have a tendency to sort of you know maybe pop down the you know pop a little bit further down the road to the you know to the Ospreys. Um, so it's not as clear cut as where exactly you're positioned, is it? Yeah. When 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 the team that you follow disbands. Um, and it's very difficult to strip the strip the emotion out of it. Yeah, which I of think it is. which I think you almost have to do to, to move forward. But it isn't easy, is it? And some people can't do that. And I'm, I'm not saying that's uh, that's a fault of theirs. You know, some people are going to be able to just. I don't think it's ever gonna, it ever fully goes. But you're able to just to put it under mm. that. You know, put it under that stone a little bit. But every now and again, it's going to rear its head. It is, and you know, and it's been it's been far from ideal. And we spoke to. We spoke to Russ Jones last year about what happened with Newport RFC, and that was far from ideal scenario um, with them and and the whole Ronley Parade debacle. But we have got to a position where both sides are still in existence, right? Newport RFC is still in existence, and the Dragons have have stayed in existence, and and that's the key. I think it is. You know, look, that, these are the stark realities of running professional rugby clubs yeah, it's not and easy. professional sport. Is it's not easy. There's not a lot of money around, and this is where we've we've ended up. So all I hope is that things like this do bring out people from the wider Gwent region to go and to go and support the Dragons. And you know, I, I, I think it's a good initiative. And look, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But first and foremost, I really hope it does. Change, yeah, change change is often good, isn't it? And we need. We need to do things differently. Uh, you know, with it being a professional sport, we know how how challenging it is. And you only have to look at the English, you know, the English setup where mm. you've got, you know, how many teams are in profit? Well, you know, almost almost you know, two, yeah, two, one or two, two yeah. clubs, you know, and one really is in profit. I mean, one, and and with it, with all the revenue channels that they've got, exactly. Look, the look, big the big TV the, deal, the big TV deals, yeah, and and you know everything else that then comes off the, the biggest back of that. sponsorship, and they're deals, struggling. Yeah. You know, how can so you know how difficult is it for us? We've got to, we've got to mix it up, and um, often it isn't popular, is it? I'd like to see, I'd like to see more support of, um, of of sort of fans, you know, being a little bit more balanced towards the other regions as mm. well, um, as a bit of a collective. I know again that's maybe you know you're in a dream scenario, but um, there is a huge amount of uh, of bitterness towards you know towards the other. Uh, you know, between between regions, isn't there? You want yeah, that. You of know, course, you want that. You want the yeah, rivalry yeah, yeah. as well, but you equally need the clubs to. You know, you need the the regions to to, to survive, for them to have that rivalry, yeah. don't you? And when we look at Welsh rugby, we've lost a lot of the rivalry, haven't we, along the way? Yeah, and no, I think the the rivalry is great, but I'd rather watch. You know, I'd rather watch Cardiff Blues win over Leinster than. Leinster beat the Cardiff Blues. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd much rather, I'd much rather yeah. watch that. But then when it's Dragons versus Blues, it's a you know it's it's a completely different kettle of fish. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think you know there's a, a lot of interesting points in there, and and um, I just hope that we're able to to make Welsh rugby as Welsh club rugby as big as we possibly can because yeah. it's you know it's it's trying times ahead. Yeah, there is, and they're only going to get tougher, aren't they? But I think the things that are happening. Are good, you know. There's 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 glimmers of, of of hope here, aren't there? Which we need to cling on to and all back. 
All right, well, that brings us to a conclusion for this week. Uh, so, yeah, just to just to wrap up again by saying big thanks to our sponsors, uh, socoffeetrades.co.uk, and thanks to, to Scott for joining us earlier. I'm sure we'll catch up with him later on in the season as well. Big um, big thanks to everyone at uh, at London Welsh who helped set up the interview with, with Ed Jackson, uh, which you can hear, which comes out on Wednesday. So make sure you do have a listen to that one. If you've enjoyed this, leave us a review on iTunes. And you can get in touch with us. Let us know what you think at Attacking Scrum. Uh, or you can do so on Facebook or our Facebook group as well. If you want to have a search for Welsh rugby fans, we're on there. Make sure you join that um, and get stuck into the chat 24-7. But in the meantime, we will speak to you next week. Podcast Network.